a great pleasure with you today. I um, want to thank you for sharing Malcolm with us. And uh, at least I could do today to fit in with uh, him being away. Appreciate him very much going to uh, Helsinki so I could stay at home. Yeah. 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 Turn your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 8, chapter 7. Um, today we're going to talk about Moses. And Moses is uh, well known for a lot of things. I wonder, um, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Moses? Think of Moses. The most humble man. There you are, yes, that's Numbers 12, somewhere there, yes, that's it, just... You caught me off guard. Excellent, yes. Anything else? You've got a bit of a temper. Temper, very good. It's a woman with her Bible. Clearly reads her Bible, yes, okay. Um, yeah, interesting how his character comes out. Any idea why he was like that? Any idea why he had a problem with his temper? Stammer. Speech problems like me, yes, yeah, maybe. Um, certainly a very emotional man. Um, how many of us here are quite emotional? And how many of us are getting more emotional the older we get? Um, I think that's quite normal. It's very healthy, actually. Moses was certainly somebody who had great ambitions, incredible goals, incredible visions, incredible plans, and things didn't seem to work out the way that he thought they were going to be. I wonder, do we relate to that a little bit? You know, he, he had such amazing plans to begin to see, and they just didn't happen the way he thought they were going to happen. God had amazing plans, but they weren't his route, if you like. Um, anything else you think of Moses? A very emotional person, yes. Burning bush. Burning, you do, that's one of the first things I think of. Yeah. I think of the burning bush, and I think of the Red Sea party. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, you know, just uh, incredible things. Um, we actually today are going to focus back on a passage which I think gives us tremendous insight into Moses' life. Um, because it's Stephen in Acts chapter 7, his final message before he's stoned. And uh, he speaks here about Moses. We start in chapter 7, verse 20. Says at that time Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for in his father's house. When he faced outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom in, uh, of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. What a start to a young person's life. 
when Moses was 40 years old, so this sort of fast forwards here, we've, his childhood's gone by, he's a grown man, he decided to visit his fellow Israelites. He saw one of them being ill-treated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defence and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realise that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day Moses came upon two Israelites and who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was ill-treating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. Now, we know Moses has a temper. We know Moses is an emotional man. How do you think Moses is coping with what he's experiencing in life here. What do you think was in Moses' mind when he went to, when he stepped forward and sort of took things into his own hands, slew the Egyptian who was attacking the Israelite? What do you think, Chris? Does anybody have any, can anybody relate a little bit here? Has anybody got any thoughts as to what? What's going on here? How do you think he was feeling when he stepped forward? So it's like he's the original action hero. Action hero, yes. Stepping in to make a difference, maybe, in the eyes. I think it was from conviction, probably, but misplaced conviction, perhaps. Yeah. Conviction, <clears throat> maybe you relate a little bit. You know, you see something happening, and you think, I've got to do something. It was one of those moments. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly, obviously, how it was, but I picture that it all happened rather quickly. You know, when you're, you know, you're sort of overcome with emotion, you're, um, you know, suddenly it, you want to do something, and before you realize it, Moses has killed the Egyptian. But his heart was to want to try and help, to do something. We even get the impression that Moses thought that he was this amazing action hero, the person who was going to rescue the Israelites um, and bring them back to where they ought to be or, you know, restore them. But everything seems to have gone rather wrong. Then a minute later, we or the next verse, we read about it's the next day. And this time he finds two Israelites fighting each other. And he he's really struck, he can't cope with it. 
Why do you fight each other? And then suddenly that bombshell comes at him. Are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And then it says that word got around and Moses ends up fleeing to Midian. Now, I think we can all ascertain very quickly that this was not Moses' plan. This was not what he expected. In fact, everything seems to be going rather wrong. I want you to know, maybe we relate to that a little bit. You know, we, as young people, we have dreams, we have plans, we have visions, we have ideas. We think God is going to do this, God's going to do that. Maybe we get baptized as young people. I was 20 when I was baptized. And you think, God is really going to use me to do amazing things. Remember, we're talking about Moses. We're not talking about ourselves here. God is going to do, take me <coughs> out of the bulrushes, raised in Pharaoh's household, educated with all the other Egyptians at the time, and he's going to use me to do amazing things. And suddenly... He's in Midian, fleeing for his life. Can anybody relate to that? Things aren't going the way that Moses planned for them to go. Um, I, I wonder for myself, you know, in what way do I relate? I think, um, I remember, anybody remember, as a young Christian, and you really wanted somebody in particular to be a Christian. I, uh, I was at school with a very special friend of mine called Jeremy. And uh, he was head boy. I wasn't really good enough to be head boy. I was more dysfunctional, I think. But uh, anyway, he was a very good friend. And my dream was that he would be a Christian. You know, when I became a Christian, I thought, gosh, if I could just help Jeremy become a Christian, then my life would, you know, have meaning in it. What else could I want? And, uh, of course, it was wonderful, years later, to study the Bible with Jeremy and to be with him when he was baptized. And uh, that was so exciting. But as exciting as that moment was, as devastating it was when he left and no longer wanted to be a Christian. Can you relate a little bit to that, maybe? You know, a really, really special friend, a person you really wanted, I really wanted, you know, my, my sort of my uh, contemporary growing up, if only he could be a Christian, he becomes a Christian and then my hopes are dashed. You know, those sorts of things, I think, help us to relate a little bit to what's going on with Moses right here. You know, a sense of, you know, an incredible expectation, incredible hope. 
And yet, that incredible hope is dashed. And, uh, um, and doesn't, things don't work out the way they should have worked. I remember another friend of mine, I had a very good friend from home. Jeremy was my best friend from school. Um, my best friend, my friend from home was a fellow called Mark. Um, he and I grew up playing Lego together. Did you play Lego? Yeah. We were real Lego monsters. You know, we, we loved, loved our, uh, our childhood games and we grew up together doing these sorts of things. And he was one of these people who could always get on with people. Does anybody like that here? I wasn't. I, I was the sort of person who, I would look at someone and I would think, you don't like me, I don't like you, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> Mark was really different. Different than that. He was one of these people who could just befriend and get along and had a, an amazing sense of humour. So it was a real case of opposites attracting. And uh, um, I remember him coming to church and I was so excited about him coming to church. And uh, we studied the Bible, he became a Christian. And I was so excited about Mark being a Christian. And uh, also I had the amazing opportunity to study the Bible with his parents. And they both became Christians and joined the church. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful moments. Mm. But they all three left. Mm. I share it just because, maybe for us, we relate a little bit to Moses here. Mm. Incredible hopes and those amazing hopes that, that they didn't Things didn't work out the way that we hoped they would work out. And Moses, instead of being this amazing sort of rescuer of the Israelites, is in Midian. Now, how do you think he, he felt in Midian? I wonder if he maybe was a little bit ashamed or not ashamed, whether he pretended... He hadn't had this amazing upbringing with the, with the Egyptians. Maybe he just tried to fit in. In fact, we're told that he married and he has two children. So life seems to be settling down. There's nothing like having children to settle your life down. <laughs> I mean, that really changes you, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, does anybody have young children? Quite a lot of us. <laughs> you are wonderful people. Wonderful people. I remember when our children were young and the nights were so difficult. It was so bad. You know, it's heavy more than myself. But, you know, there's every few hours you have to get up and, and this and that. And, you know, just every night will be disrupted. I'm sure some of us go through that, and that's a very challenging time. Children do changes. Um, they grow up. Our children have gone to university, so uh, they're no longer at home. I'm getting used to, uh, to that stage of life. Um, parenting never finishes, though, does it? So, uh, 
<coughs> maybe you've heard that, maybe you've experienced that. So Moses goes to Midian and he has two children. And it says that after 40 years had passed. So we had 40 years a few minutes ago. We had the 40 years from he was in the bulrushes, he was raised the Egyptians. 40 years went past and he was in this altercation with two um, with an Egyptian and an Israelite. He slays the Egyptian. Then he has this altercation now, this time with two Israelites. And they tell him that actually this didn't just happen quietly. Everybody knows what you did. He flees. And now we have another 40 years. So he's very settled, I imagine, at this stage. After 40 years had passed. Wonderful verse, isn't it? Maybe that describes my life or your life at times. You know, after 40 years had mm. gone by, <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, 40 years. How many words? One, two, three, four, five words mm. passed for 40 years <clears throat> of Moses' life. Had God forgotten about Moses after 40 years? Has God forgotten about us after 40 years? It says, An angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert uh, near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed uh, at the sight, and he went over to look more closely, and he heard the Lord's voice. I wonder how Moses felt at that moment. Remember, 40 years has gone by. God went silent for 40 years. Five verses covered Moses' life, and suddenly God is speaking to him. You know, I think that's a wonderful moment for me to capture that because God hasn't forgotten about Moses. He feels, I'm sure, that where is God? Maybe he feels angry with God. God, don't you realize what I was trying to do? Imagine all those 40 years chewing over, you know, God, don't, I was trying to help. And here I am, in Midian, here I am looking after sheep, here I am, and Moses can be an enormous source of encouragement to us when we have times, and we all, as Christians, have times, all of us have times like this. Um, I'm able, I, I am uh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and dared not look. Wonder what was going on in Moses' heart right here. Um, then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals. The place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning. 
as <coughs> and to come down uh, to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. Can you imagine how Moses felt when he heard those words? I am sending you back. Moses, it's not over. <clears throat> this is the same Moses whom they had rejected with the words. Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and delivered by God himself. Then the angel appeared to him in the, the um, angel appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and did wonders and miraculous signs in Egypt, at the Red Sea, and for forty years in the desert. Now before we go back to Exodus and pick up the story again, isn't it amazing that you know, after 40 years, nothing had happened in 40 years. And yet there's this last 40 years when, quite literally, amazing things are going to happen. You know, I wonder if Moses, I wonder how he felt, or if somebody said to him when he was wandering around for those 40 years looking after sheep, Moses, you are going to do amazing things. He'd be like, oh, huh, don't think so. I think you got the wrong guy. How does this relate to us? Well, God does and can do and, and indeed does do amazing things through us, even though we don't always see ourselves that way. So let's flick back to Exodus. Because in Exodus, we get just a little bit more of the account. Remember that Stephen here is recounting um, what went on back in the book of Exodus. So he would have known this, this passage. We read it now ourselves. Um, and, uh, and God, remember, at this point, we're going to pick it up when God has... Uh, has confronted Moses out of the burning bush. Um, and in verse 21 of chapter 3, I, I like this because God is very visionary. Uh, I wonder if we're as visionary maybe as God would want us to be sometimes. It says, And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people. So that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor, and, and any woman living in her house, for articles of food. And you will, will, will put, um, sorry, but you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. God has plans for the Israelites to leave Egypt. And they're not going to leave it empty-handed. God is going to provide. I wonder maybe if we need to be reminded sometimes that God will provide for us. I'm sometimes asked, what's the most amazing things you've learned? What's the most amazing thing that you've learned in your life as a Christian? 
That is the most amazing thing I've learned from the scriptures, that God will provide. God will look after us. I didn't grow up in the ideal family situation. Anybody else have a non-ideal family situation? You all come from ideal family. It's wonderful. I wish that would be my situation. My situation was such that I grew up and I felt not very loved. And I definitely felt very unsafe. Do you relate to that? You feel very unsafe. And you bring this baggage with you into your adult life. You don't feel very safe. Consequently, you must have a good career. You must work like crazy to give you whatever it takes because you feel so unsafe. Um, maybe as an adult, you, you, you feel how you did as a child. I took a lot of myself in. But God will look after us. But we don't feel that maybe we are. We're very safe. And... Uh, and so often, as, as we go through our adult lives, we take our childhoods with us. Influences, influences us so much. <coughs> but you know, that that's why we need the scriptures. <coughs> because they straighten out our minds. Um, you know, I feel, we feel very unsafe. But God wants us to know that actually we're very safe. And we have to reconnect those wires and, you know, get them in the right place. And to remember that actually, God will look after us. I think that's the most amazing thing in the scriptures. Is our picture of God that we get from the scriptures that God loves us. He's our Father. He will look after us. And we actually don't need to fear. That's amazing. That was amazing to me. You know, to really experience that. Moses, of course, is in the middle of all this. And uh, God says, you know, I'm going to do amazing things. But uh, just to draw attention, I mean, Moses makes lots of excuses now. Forty years of excuses into one interaction with God. Forty years of, but you don't understand, but you don't realize how useless I am, but you don't realize how it went terribly wrong, but, 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 but. And then in chapter four, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, it says in verse 13, but Moses said, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Do you relate to that? It's this feeling of, I tried so hard, and an Egyptian got killed. I tried so hard, and I ended up in Midian for 40 years. I tried so hard, and it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. Which, you know, sometimes we allow the past, don't we, to... Looking, stop us to look ahead and realize how amazing God's plans are for us. And uh, let me encourage us all that 
You know, Moses here has sent somebody else. We're then told that God gets angry with Moses. He says, go. I'm not trying to persuade you. Just go. I'll be with you. And the rest of the book of Exodus is this incredible account of Moses confronting Pharaoh, um, Moses leading the Egyptians, the Israelites, out of Egypt um, into uh, uh, onto the borders of Israel. I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing account. Why is this recorded? It's recorded to help us. It's recorded to remind us that even though you know, the things we like to tell God about, this happened, this happened, God, this, this is, it wasn't meant to be this way. Just the same that Moses felt that way. And maybe we find ourselves saying, please send somebody else. Not me. Send somebody else. But God still plans to do amazing things. So as we close out hands, we think about our own lives. Maybe, like me, you do relate to Moses. Maybe you do relate to, um, you know, to having great expectations. Maybe you do relate to having those great expectations be dashed. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't have amazing things planned for us. Thank you very much. Thank you.